You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back in the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Every week, myself and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, come to you and talk about the issues that doctors are talking about all across the country in doctor's lounges that affect people like you and uh, I. And uh, we try to give you the information that you need so that you can advocate for yourself, for your family, so that you can protect your health care freedom and fight for the doctor-patient relationship. We uh, are brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led health care think tank in the country. The work that we do is so incredibly important, and I urge everybody to go to our website at www. D, the number 4pcfoundation.org. That's D4pcfoundation.org. And contribute so that we can continue the hard work that's necessary that nobody seems to be doing these days so that we can be out there trying to fight for you. So uh, I, I can't tell you how important it is, um, especially at a time like now when we face such incredible challenges. And I must tell you that uh, I am a little bit uh, down right now, and it's uh, hard It's hard to stay upbeat <clears throat> given what we are seeing. Um, we are uh, seeing the uh, triathlon of the left and the media. That what is the triathlon? The triathlon is the COVID crisis that has been manufactured by the left. And I'm not saying that COVID is not real, and I don't want anybody to take this out of context and say that I believe this is a hoax. It's real. It's a disease that affects people in in such horrible ways. I have family and friends who have lost loved ones to COVID. Um, Fortunately, it's all been elderly people, not that that's fortunate, but it has been people who have lived a very productive, fruitful life. It's a horrible way to go out, but this is a disease that affects the elderly. It affects seniors. It does not affect young people and the hoaxes that everybody needs to, uh, that that society needs to come to a halt because of it. Um, The second part of the triathlon is the recession, the the fallout from lockdown and uh, trying to uh, uh, put everything at, at a standstill, lying, saying that, well, we'll just shut down for a short period of time until we come out of this and then it will bounce right back and nobody realized that this would go on as long as it has and nobody um, fully expected the ramifications of what was happening 
um, with um, these shutdowns and what it would do to our economy. Stock market has bounced back. It's re- achieved 40% of its um, low uh, point and, and bounced back uh, in, in a way that uh, gives some cause for optimism because people who our investors look for, to the future. They don't. Uh, they don't look at the past or the present. Um, so uh, this was the second arm, and the third leg of this triathlon is what we're seeing right now, which are rioting and looting. And this is all media driven. All three of these, because the the media and the left would rather see this country burn to the ground than to see President Trump have even one inch of success and uh, we're seeing the most unbelievable events unfold before our eyes. New York City burning to the ground because we have a mayor there and a governor who won't lift a finger. You know, I, I think that right now what we're doing on this show today, this is the intersection of healthcare and politics and current events because they're inextricably linked and we cannot talk about health care without talking about these other issues. So I want to start out by just telling everybody that the COVID crisis is over. It must be. It has to be over, isn't it? Because we were told that we needed to socially distance and we were told that we needed to wear masks, and we were told that we can't congregate in groups of more than 10 people. So, you know what? We're seeing on television every single minute of every single day groups of thousands of people who are congregating without masks and without any concern for social distancing. So who, what, what, what do we believe? Do we believe what the media has told us for the last three months, that if we're going to stop this disease, that we needed to follow these strict rules and completely upend life in America? Or do we believe what we see before our very eyes every single day with people who are openly going back to life as usual without a peep, without even a single peep from the media saying, no, 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 stay home, you're endangering yourself. And what about these doctors, these the, the experts in covid where is Dr. Fauci? Where is Dr. Burks? Why aren't they on TV telling everybody, you people need to stay home. You are seriously putting your lives at risk. Well, they're not. Nobody is. Be- why? Because what's happening with this issue, which is now the convenient new issue for the left to embrace supersedes the opportunity 
to shut down our country because of a so-called medical crisis and move on to the next crisis so that we can uh, we can watch um, our our police force um, get um, shot and run over by cars and uh, and abused um, and we um, can uh, no longer uh, have to worry about what the media and the leftist politicians told us for the past three months was the most um, potentially uh, devastating problem that our country has ever faced. So what I what I'm seeing as a result of what's happening right now is that the COVID crisis is over. We can open up our restaurants today and we can go back to business as usual today. And we can go back to sports and we can go back to concerts and we can go back to airline flights because the media has told us that the COVID crisis is over by not saying a word about all of this nonsense that we're seeing in over 150 American cities around the country. So these these governors and these mayors who have not just shamed people into giving into the into the executive orders that they have um, blithely um, decided to impose on everybody um, and sometimes make it use the force of the police to enforce the these these edicts these same mayors are encouraging mass protests they're saying no this is different there's really not any healthcare crisis because of of coronavirus and this is far more important so go out there and uh and don't worry about about uh getting sick or transmitting the virus you just go ahead and and uh, uh do what you need to do to protest and and looters go ahead and uh blow off some steam and and do what you need to do um this is this is just beyond the pale. Are you kidding me? This is if if people cannot see through this, then they are willfully blind and they are they're just so so um caught up in anger and rage against President Trump and the success of the of the economy and the country that they will grasp at anything to try to bring it down. So the the uh, riot, the 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 protests, the riots, the looting, it completely debunks the ridiculousness of the narrative by the media and the the political class about the need to lock down America and it is a uh, it, it it can't be more illustrative of their ability to use power to control people on the part of the politicians 
and to frighten people on the part of the media. The media is the most corrupt and worst institution in America for doing this to people and they have ruined people's lives and they continue to ruin people's lives by perpetuating these narratives. So let's go back to what was the the spark in all of this. George Floyd. That wasn't what caused this. This is this was murder. This was clear and simple murder. And the policeman who who um, stepped on his neck uh, for almost nine minutes um, is is as guilty as any thug for um, taking the life of a person who really posed no threat. And he he overstepped and he um, abused the trust that the public put in him um but um this this uh this is a, a an expected symptom of leftist liberal government and this is not a, a, a policeman who worked in a system that was run by conservatives, by Republicans. No, he works in Minneapolis, which has one of the most leftist um, uh, uh, local um, uh, political uh, organizations in the country, and Minnesota, the the state. And, um, you know, this is just uh, a symptom of what we're seeing, which is the, the march towards the left. So, I want to. I want to. I, um, I know that this is going straying a, a bit of uh, far afield from healthcare, and I'll bring it back to healthcare in just a couple of minutes. But I, I need to do my fifteen-minute rant on this because I just am so distraught um, watching our country disintegrate before our very eyes. Something that so many of us are are mourning right now and and find ourselves almost powerless to to stop and and we must stop this because there's a civil war going on right now in this country and anybody who fails to appreciate that is ignorant or blind and the left is gaining and the issues change. We've seen that. We've seen it change from COVID to the, the economy to race. And whatever fits their goal to see America go down is what they're going to promote that particular day or week or month to help them achieve their goal, which is the complete destruction of this country and replacing it with a socialist dystopian society where the power of the government is used to control thought and behavior. And we've seen that. We're seeing that right in front of our eyes. How does it control thought? Well, we've seen that conservative voices are are silenced 
they're being delisted. They're being shadow banned on on social media. Doctors who have opinions about COVID that are different than what the orthodoxy is promoting are 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 told that the that the um, the the um, these doctors don't have a, um, a right to say certain things because it's dangerous to the public, and they must be silenced and they must be they must be ridiculed and made out to be idiots, crackpots, or just or, or liars, and they're using this to control behavior of people. They want people to stay home and not work. And we see what happens when when people stay home and they don't have jobs and they don't have money. What do they do? They have time on their hands. These young people who should be working, who have virtually no chance of dying from COVID, should be working. The older people, 65-year-olds, should be taking the precautions. They should be doing things to protect that group of people. But these young people should be at work. Instead, they're out in the streets because they have nothing else to do, and they are looting and they are stealing because they need money to live, and they're they're going to um, take what they can and sell it. And this is, this is what our media is responsible for. They, they own this. This is what the left politicians are responsible for. They own this. And we need to, as reasonable citizens, turn this around. So let's go back to health care. This whole example is why we must never, ever, 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 ever allow the government to control our health care. The left cannot be trusted if they ultimately gain further power. And history will tell us that there are ebbs and flows in who is sitting in the White House or in the governor's mansion and the left have been have been bad brokers they've not been honest brokers they are not good stewards over the care of the people and if they control your health care it's game over you can pretty much kiss everything that you know and expect to get from health care goodbye it is out the window They've already shown, the left has, how they will weaponize health care, just like they have weaponized everything that they currently control. So let's, let's just give some examples about how these politicians have failed in, in um, health care. You could start out by the response that the politicians have taken with the care of seniors during this COVID crisis. 
You know, this is a disease that has predominantly affected people over age 65. And 65 to 80-year-olds have a um, uh, have a high mortality. It's even higher in people above 80 year old, 80. It's, it's higher. It's high in younger people with pre-existing conditions that put them at significant health risk: lung disease, diabetes, hypertension, to name a few. Um, but among the young people, age um, 50 and under. The mortality from COVID is no greater than the seasonal mortality from the flu. Let me say that again. Let that sink in. If you're under 50, you don't have any increased risk of dying from COVID than you have dying from the flu. And what we are doing right now to our country, to our society, to our young people by by putting them on, under house arrest is probably one of the greatest crimes of the 20th and 21st century. All owned by the media and the left and their lackeys that they have gotten to legitimize what they are doing. The useful idiots who are the doctors who have blinders on and only see the virus and don't see the bigger ramifications and are not looking at the entire global scope of things, the big picture. They're looking at things through one lens with blinders on and they are they are well-meaning, but they are completely wrong and misguided. And the media and the left will, of course, promote those people who support their narrative, which is taking down the government, taking down the country, burning it to the ground, and let's start all over again. So let's go back to seniors and how the politicians have failed. Look at New York State. Look at Governor Andrew Cuomo, who so many people think is so brilliant and such a great communicator. He is an epic fail. He is just as guilty of murder as that policeman in Minneapolis with George Floyd. Now, why do I say that? Because he sentenced so many seniors to their death by mandating, ordering seniors who were no longer critical, but who were still infected with COVID back to their care facilities where they came from, putting at risk all of the other people who were in those facilities. The mortality, the death rate in this population is is extremely high. In New York, 
there were 24,000 deaths, more or less, to date. Almost half of them are in seniors. So, Governor Cuomo, you are you have blood on your hands, and and this is what you can expect from politicians in the future who control your health care. Total disregard for for the welfare and and the the um, the the well being of of segments of the population if it does not suit their purpose suit their narrative look at pennsylvania governor tom wolf he has a state health secretary rachel levine who um mandated the same thing as governor cuomo but she did something even more despicable she took her mother out of the facility to which these people were going back to so that her mother would not be at risk. That is, I, I, I don't have words to even, to even um, be able to, to um, verbalize how reprehensible that act is. And it is, and Pennsylvania, incidentally, um, had more than two-thirds of the deaths. They had uh, almost 3,000 deaths in seniors in these facilities out of the 4,400 deaths in, in Pennsylvania. So this is the behavior of the people who you want to entrust health care to. Wake up America. Wake up America. This is what happens under totalitarian rule. Those in power feel that they are exempt from the rules that they impose on everyone else. We saw this with the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who said that all businesses had to close down, including hair salons, but she went and got her hair done. We saw this in New York with Mayor Bill de Blasio, who said that all the gyms had to close down, but he went to the YMCA to work out. These politicians cannot be trusted because they are untrustworthy to begin with because they are bad people. Does anyone doubt for a second what is in store for everyone if we get government-controlled health care? Is there any confidence that seniors will be protected? Um, when there are limited resources with government-run health care, and there will be limited resources, we see this in every socialized health care system around the world. Who's going to get the the health care that that's available when it has to be distributed based on what people in charge decide are the needs of the people in the population do you think for a second that seniors are going to get what they have expected to get by paying into medicare for 30 or 40 years they're going to be the first ones to suffer and to lose their health care so if COVID has taught us anything, 
It's that the political ruling class will not only control resources, but they'll also control what medical treatments are going to be used. Already, state governors are inserting themselves into health care, preventing doctors from prescribing certain medications like hydroxychloroquine. It's happened in Nevada. This happened in other states around the country where a governor is telling a doctor what they can and cannot do. That is what happens under leftist totalitarian rule. In a system where people will need to wait online for care, just like in every socialist system around the world, who for one second believes that these rules will apply to the leftist ruling class and their political allies. The lessons that we are learning must be used to help create the narrative why it's so dangerous to entrust anything as important and as vital as our health care to fools, imbeciles, and miscreants. So let's break right now, and I'll come back in the next segment with some other health care issues. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. I'm talking about issues today that may be a little bit far afield from health care, but it's the intersection of health care and politics in healthcare and life. And this is exactly what doctors are talking about in doctors' lounges all across the country. We are um, right now at such a, a low point in our country's history, and we need to come out of this. And it, even though I am not staying completely on topic of healthcare alone, it's so importantly critical for voices to be heard and for people who love our country, who love our systems, to speak out, to raise their voices, to get come out from behind the curtain 
so that others can hear because there are so many other people who feel the same way that you do and who are not speaking up. And we're getting the impression that we're losing our country. And if people don't speak up, we are. What concerns me right now is that there will be a second wave of COVID after the events of the past week and what appears to be going on, going to continue for um, God knows how long. I don't know what the end point is. I'm not sure what the people who are protesting in the street want to see happen. Um, I, I think I, I know what they would like to see happen. They would like to see a lynching of the four policemen who were involved in the uh, in the George Floyd uh, murder, and uh, it's not how our system works. Uh, the uh, system is moving forward, and these policemen were not only uh, stripped of their of they were fired and stripped of of their of uh, any benefits, but they were put into jail, and they're they've been indicted. So I I don't know what the end point is for all of what's going on right now, but it clearly has to end. But in the meantime, COVID is still out there. And um and we um it's been reported that an Oklahoma state linebacker tested positive after attending a protest rally. Um, 14% of the COVID-19 testing sites have had to suspend operations because of violence and unrest and the um, neighborhoods in which they are located, which are, are neighborhoods where the vulnerable populations um, are located um, in many of the African-American communities around the country. Um protests have unfolded in every one of the 25 U.S. communities with the highest concentration of COVID-19 cases. That's according to U.S. News & World Reports. So people in Minneapolis hospitalized with COVID virus have actually increased since the protests and the rioting has occurred. Um, they're jailing uh, thousands of people around the country at the same time that they're emptying out the prisons because they are afraid that there's going to be a COVID outbreak. And by the way, what good is it to jail these rioters and looters if they're just going to let them right out of prison anyway because they're either concerned about COVID or because in a state like New York, you are um, immediately released after you are arrested. So this is, again, the world going crazy and being turned upside down. So all of this COVID activity around the country is coming at a time when a CDC study, and that's if you can even trust and believe the CDC anymore, confirms that social distancing has been the most effective means for driving down the number of deaths from COVID around the country. 
And incidentally, I don't know if anybody caught this, but George Floyd has had two autopsies. One was state-conducted, one was private. But one of them uncovered that he was positive for COVID-19. And I'm not making any kind of judgment and trying to make any kind of um, connection there. I'm merely pointing out that this virus is among us. He was asymptomatic. He was out there. And this is why I say that in most young people, this is, again, no more serious than the flu. So this is going to become a problem once again for the media when state um, uh, officials, when um, local law enforcement or National Guard or whomever in every state finally puts down these riots the looting we are going to still be left with the aftermath of all of this of course which is going to be just horribly horribly difficult to to dig out from especially because so many businesses were were um, shut down and many were going under anyway from this forced lockdown by the power of government but coming out of this the media who is basically like a dog looking at a squirrel the next thing that they'll focus on after this is gone is covid and they'll go right back to the increased number of cases around the country and they're going to be scaring people once again and telling everybody that here we are with our second wave, just like they predicted, despite the fact that their behavior and their rhetoric uh, encouraged that to happen uh, by by not reprimanding those who were going out and uh, and putting people at risk for for the contagion. So what's going to happen? I don't know. I think that uh, that remains to be seen, and and we will need to uh, decide whether or not we're going to have another round of civil unrest, because if there's a second wave, the government will, in, in many places, will say that we need to reimpose stay-at-home orders. And those people who want to work, who need to work, who own businesses, are going to go out and they're going to protest and or open up the businesses and they're going to get arrested which is incredibly ironic when we're watching people who are criminals destroying our country not getting arrested or people who are not criminals who are just passionate and are angry going out and and congregating in mass and that's okay but if you congregate in mass because you want to go to work that's not okay let me share with you what's happening across the country as an aftermath of covid so there are two problems that many must be 
that 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 I, I must point out. One is that people are not getting care because they believe that it's unsafe to leave their homes, and so they will risk whatever problem they have because the media has has put them into a panic. And I know individuals like this. I am related to some individuals like this who will not leave their house, who have barely left their house in three months. And and this is this is a a serious problem for those of us in the healthcare community who take care of people every day. Another problem that I must point out is that hospitals are shedding overhead by forcing doctors to take pay cuts or they're firing doctors. They're cutting services and in some cases, like rural hospitals, they're closing their doors because they cannot afford to stay open. So let's re-examine that first issue, people not seeking care. So the media is responsible for this. Once again, the media is is not trustworthy. They are reprehensible. They have put they have yelled fire in a crowded theater. And people believe that they risk death by leaving their house and that it's safer to stay home than taking the risk of going to a doctor to seek care for chronic problems that may have gotten worse or for an urgent problem that may have cropped up. I can tell you case after case after case of people who have died because they did not want to leave their house because they've been they have been uh, petrified by the media. I know of a person who died, <clears throat> patient, and I don't know this person personally, but um, I know of a patient that one of my friends took care of who died of appendicitis, a ruptured appendix, because they failed to get care. Um, I know of someone who died of a heart attack because they refused to go to a hospital in New York because of chest pain. The uh, cases are 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 just too numerous to mention. They go on and on and on. And um, the ramifications of this will be far-reaching and potentially more deadly than the risks of COVID and the number of people who died from COVID. Advanced cancers, progressive hypertension, complications of diabetes, of vascular disease, of infections, infectious diseases, of heart disease, post-operative complications, people who've had operations and who are having problems and don't go back to their doctor because they're afraid that the risk to them is too great. These problems cannot be overstated. And this will put, well, the ultimate price that people will pay is that there will be, you know, deaths. But the the um, long-term ramifications of this and what it will do to our, our system 
forget about the um, the the uh, number of patients who are affected. I mean, that's that's just that's just uh, you know the uh, a a, uh, a a number that is startling, but the costs associated with it at a time when we're so preoccupied with high health care costs. Who do you think is going to pay for those costs? It's not going to be um, the the hospitals. It's not going to be the insurance companies. It's going to be you and I. It's going to be every one of us because there's going to be an increase in the number in, in the in the uh, cost of insurance at a time when the annual average insurance costs for a family of four is $26,000 and with out-of-pocket and deductible comes to $40,000 when the cost of, of this, this crisis <clears throat> bubbles to the surface and we look back on what this has done and how much more sickly our population is because they have not been well taken care of the costs are going to be staggering and then what's going to happen the left is going to come to us and they're going to say oh my goodness we cannot afford this this is these costs are too high we need to have the government step in and take over health care right right you see where this is going this is this is you know part of the of the big picture and I don't mean to be a tin foil hat person, a conspiracist, but this is just the natural conclusion when you do bad things. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Every act that you take has downstream ramifications, and that's what's going to happen in our healthcare system. So, hospital behavior during the COVID crisis is far worse and more insidious than what is happening as a result of the media malfeasance. There are those of us like me who believe and have said for many, many, many years that hospitals need to be restructured. They need to be taken down. They need to go back to what they were several generations ago. Hospitals are merely a building with a bed and facilities for doctors to do their work. They are not a place where people go to get taken care of by an institution. They are a facility like a hotel. You go to a hotel so that you can sleep in a bed and you can go to a restaurant there You might even, um, in some places, in some fancier locations, see a show. Well, a hospital is no different. A hospital is a place where people who are sick can go to because their doctor decided that that was a better place for them to be so that the doctor could more conveniently take care of them and they can have some resources that they can have at their fingertips so that they can deliver 
quality health care to their patients. And incidentally, if they needed to, they can call a trusted colleague to see their patient and to take care of a problem that may crop up and help in the care of that patient. What's happened now is that people go into a hospital and the hospital takes care of things for everybody. And by the way, they do a crappy job of it. They have hospitalists who couldn't give a damn about a patient after their shift. For eight hours, they pay attention to you and then they're gone. And then they turn it over to the next doctor. And oh, by the way, if they need a consultation, they just write an order in the chart. They don't communicate with people. They just say, I need a cardiology consult, need an infectious disease consult. And what happens? That doctor looks through the electronic medical record, which is a piece of junk, and they may or may not come up with the reason for the consult or what the problem might be that they're being called in to opine about. And then they they go ahead and they they make a recommendation. And it completely takes the human element away from healthcare. It completely takes away the doctor-patient relationship, the interpersonal relationship that patients and doctors have had for so many years. The hospitals have been given far too much power over health care in my lifetime. Why is How is it, has that happened even? Well, it's happened because they get better payments for care than doctors do. They have the ability to collude. They can, they can merge, consolidate. They can do things that doctors can't do because it's against the law, but hospitals can do it. They get special funding to take care of groups that they've promised to take care of, like the indigent, but they do a crappy job of. They have been given the power and the ability to keep competitors out of the market through the power of the government. They've been given the ability to function as a tax-exempt entity. Can you believe it? They can buy real estate and they can make profits that they can put in their own pockets and they don't have to pay any taxes on this. God, could you imagine if I could go to work and work hard and generate income and not have to pay taxes, give me a break. They can hire doctors. You know, there was a time in our country when it was against the law for hospitals to practice medicine, to hire doctors. And so they kept at arm's length and they contracted with groups of doctors and brought them in. But those lines have blurred over time. And now hospitals can freely go ahead and hire doctors and do exactly what I said earlier, which is to assume the care of the patient. 
they've been given incredible responsibility, incredible power, and they have abused that, and and they have um, really um, disrespected, dishonored the 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 responsibility that they have been given. And there's so many areas of conflict of interest; it's it's difficult to track. The executives who run hospitals still have very lucrative salaries and benefits. And if you go to any city in this country, major city, what are the biggest buildings or the biggest construction projects? They're hospitals. And who sits on the Chamber of Commerce with the most power? It's hospital executives. So they are the power brokers in healthcare. And now that we are seeing a crisis in healthcare, and they're sitting on piles and piles and piles of cash in these bigger hospitals, what are they doing? They're throwing furniture off the Titanic. Who are the? What's the furniture? It's doctors. It's nurses. It's skilled professionals. They're making them take pay cuts. Or they're firing them. I had a friend who was fired from his job here in Atlanta. He was the busiest and best surgeon in this particular hospital. He built the surgery department there, and the hospital was sold to another hospital. They they uh, they merged. They they consolidated, and the new hospital came in, sat him down and said, you know what, thanks for building the surgery department in this practice, in this hospital. We don't need you anymore. And they fired him. No cause, no reason, just fired him. He was busier than the three younger doctors that they brought in to help him when the hospital sold. They brought in three younger doctors. It made his life easier, but... He was busier than all three of them combined. But here was a way for them to cut salary, to cut to cut uh, uh, ties. And it's so penny-wise and pound-foolish because he was generating so much money for the hospital, but he was also getting a good salary. And you don't see them getting rid of administrators. I haven't seen one administrator, not a single hospital administrator in my community Fired during this sh- this slowdown in healthcare. Not one, but plenty of doctors, plenty of nurses. I haven't seen any administrators furloughed. So, what are the ramifications of all this? We're going to see less doctors because people in my generation. I'm 65. People in my generation. I I feel like I've got another good 10 years easy. I, I'm. I've got a lot of energy. I operate. I like what I do. I run. I manage my practice. My partners are very happy with the way I'm managing the practice. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a good spot. I, 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 I feel blessed. But there are a lot of doctors who are in single-person um, groups, um, two-person groups. They're not going to sustain this. Those of them who are my age are going to just say, "The heck with this. I'm done." 
this is I, I, I don't have to work anymore. I don't want to work anymore. Or I'm going to go find something else to do that use my brain power. And, and right now, we face a tremendous doctor shortage in this country. The projections in the next 10 years are even more ominous. What we're seeing right now from all of this action from hospitals, which now employ 65% or before the COVID crisis, employed 65% of the doctors around the country, we're going to see an abrupt decrease in those numbers, and there's going to be less physicians. What is that going to mean? Less availability, longer lines. You want government health care? You're going to get it, and you're going to be waiting online, and you're not going to get a doctor. You're going to get a nurse practitioner or not even a nurse practitioner, but a medical assistant. They'll, they will put any warm body in front of you so that they can check the box, the hospitals will, and be able to say that they're providing health care for you. What kind of health care? I don't even want to venture a guess. But that's what people have in store for them unless people speak up and unite and they put their head out of the mole hole and they speak out against all of this nonsense and combat the narrative of the left, combat the narrative of the media, and they protest, not about black lives, which I don't even want to go down that road, but about the institutions of America and American exceptionalism and capitalism, including health care. So I'm going to be more upbeat in the next show and talk about something hopefully um, a little bit uh, more uplifting. So thank you for being with us today and come back next week when Dr. Scott will be at the microphone at the doctor's lounge. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.